This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's time to take command with former NFL tight end Logan Paulson and former Commander's Beat reporter Craig Hoffman. What's up? What's happening? Welcome to Take Command. I'm Craig. He's Logan. He played. I didn't. But I covered the team for like five years, so I know a thing or two. We're going to have some fun here on the Take Command podcast from Odyssey Sports. Uh, Logan's been out all weekend at Rookie Minicamp, and what we're going to do, I think Logan would be, be smart for us real quick before we dive into this draft class and to Rookie Minicamp, which will be obviously the majority of the show today. We'll take a couple of your Twitter questions as well. Logan's going to be on Twitter soon. That's another cool thing about this podcast. We're going to get our guy on Twitter because it's, Logan, I don't know if you've heard, but Twitter's a great place. Uh, yeah, that's the thing I keep hearing. It's like this super inviting, welcoming <laughs> place where they accept all different kinds of ideas. So I don't know, man. We'll have to figure that out. Um, so we'll get Logan on Twitter. For right now, just hit me at Craig Hoffman. Uh, I'm on Instagram at Craig underscore Hoffman. He is at Logan Paulson underscore 82. Did I get that right? Or is that Logan uh, underscore Logan, Paulson 82? Yeah, there you go. Logan underscore Paulson 82. There That's you right. go. Yep. There you go. So uh, we'll, get the, we'll get all the kinks uh, figured out. But if you just start searching... That's the best way. Nobody actually uses the full handle. <laughs> you type in you type in L O G, and then it's like, oh look, it's Logan. Click. Uh, so you'll do up, that. Yeah. But we'll take some fan questions later on in the podcast as well. Um, but basically, the premise of this podcast is this: it's a podcast, which means we get depth on the radio. We're always constricted by time. These podcasts will be about forty-five minutes, uh, depending on how you're listening to. We're going to chop it up into about fifteen-minute segments. So, like, we're still kind of doing similar time frames to what we're doing on the radio, but we're not constrained by that. If we have a conversation that goes 40 minutes because it's that in-depth, or an interview that goes 40 minutes because it's that in-depth, then we have the power to do that here on this podcast. And Logan, I just think back to the pregame show, and we did, a, I think, a really good pregame show each and every Sunday mm-hmm. on 106.7 The Fan and the Team 980. But we also did a really great show in the breaks often, and, and we just be like, man, that'd be so great if we could talk about this, but we have to get to the game because we were previewing a game. It was a pregame show. Right. And I'm excited to talk with you about so many of those topics and get into the, the further depth on really how a football team is built and how it becomes successful because when you're getting ready for a game in the immediate, you just don't have time to do that kind of stuff. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm, I'm excited to do the same thing, man, because I think uh, like all this stuff, is there's so much nuance in it. You know, There's so much nuance in football and in strategy and in team building and roster building. Um, I just think it's good to kind of be able to talk about some of that and, uh, at a higher level of detail. 
Yeah, definitely. And not to mention, like, putting together – I mean, especially for someone like you who was so great as a player of knowing the game plan and all that kind of stuff, like, going into how you build a game plan. Like, we'll probably do some of that in the offseason, but especially as we get into the regular season and we keep doing this podcast, we do game previews, like, we'll build our own game plan. Like, what would we do if we were – actually, I'm going to ask Logan, like, what would he do if, if we were – and maybe I'll, I'm just a position coach. I'll, I'll chime in with, yeah. with OC and DC uh-huh. Logan. Uh, as we build stuff. But obviously the talk right now uh, in Commander's Land and across the NFL is what's going on with these rookies. Just drafted into the NFL, undrafted free agents as well, and taking rookie mini camps by storm across the league. And I wanted to take a little bit of extra time to really dive in, to borrow a phrase from Dan- Grant and Danny, double-click, on Jahan Dotson, the first-round pick. Mm-hmm. He's there. He does go back to graduate from Penn State. That was a really cool story from the weekend. Really appreciate it that uh, point of humanity from Ron Rivera and company letting him go. But you've had the chance now to watch him not only on tape after he's drafted, go back. I know you watch him in the pre-draft process as well, but you go back, watch him with fresh eyes after he's taken. And ultimately you get to see him in person. What are the things that stand out? What stood out on tape? And then take that into what stood out in person when you get to actually see him up close over the weekend. Yeah, so a couple things. Uh, I got to do a breakdown with Coach Ron Rivera about some clips that I selected f- about Jahan, so you can see that. I'll put that on my Instagram, and also that'll be on whatever that NBC Sports Washington or whatever that's on. So make sure you check that out because Coach has some great insight. I'll try to hash out some of that here for sure. Mm. Uh, but I think the thing about Jahan that sticks out is that he's just very consistent, I think, has a negative connotation, but he's uber consistent, and I think the way he catches the football is an elite trait, Like, and I think that allows him to, to play bigger than his 5'11 frame. He's got excellent body control. He's very competitive when the football's in the air. You know, Coach Ron Rivera made a comparison to him and, like, Steve Smith, and mm. it's not a one-to-one comparison, and I think that's, that's something that I think we should talk about, too. Like, com- the comparison game and evaluation is so important because you're kind of trying to quantify or attempting to quantify these very like abstract concepts like you know the way he catches the football or the way he moves and you just got to kind of ground it in something so oftentimes you give this comparison and it makes sense because Ron's very familiar with Steve Smith but I see a little bit of that kind of little man who plays big in Jahan which is always nice to see and I think you know it's it's an underrated skill set playing receiver but and this is going to sound crazy but he catches the football extremely well so it lets him make contested catches and make some like one-handed catches. And also I think he has a very, very high level of route running nuance. And, you know, I think one of the things that I – so Mark Andrews is a guy that I missed on really badly. I didn't like his tape in college. And one of the reasons was I undervalued kind of the ability to stem routes and manipulate coverage off of that like 5 to 10-yard setup of the back end of your route. Mm-hmm. Everyone worries about the break and the double stick and all this fancy stuff. But Jahan has a very, very, very high level of understanding of how to manipulate coverage. Like, I can think of like probably four or five plays off the top of my head where it's cover three, right? There's three defenders across the back, and he widens the safety. The safety widens with him. He stays patient. He pushes into the blind spot. He gets the safety to open his hips and turn like he's going to go to the go. And then just, uh, Jahan runs a post and mm-hmm. is able to get a touchdown or whatever. And he does that down in and down out. And I think that level of nuance from him is something that – you know, it's not going to show up in any stat sheet. It's not going to show up in his 40 or his vertical or his broad jump. But it's this really awesome skill set that I think lends itself to him being a, a, an immediate contributor right away. Yeah. So there's a couple things you said there that I think are really interesting. I've spent a lot of time talking about decision making uh, and, yeah. and how that is so important. But it's hard to try to explain without more specific examples what that truly means at a position like wide receiver. 
right? Because it's one thing to be like, the quarterback has to make good decision. It's like, well, was the guy open or not? And did he throw it to him or not? Like the decision-making is much more easily defined and seeable to the average person and understandable to the average fan at the quarterback position. For a receiver, we talk about decision-making. The speed of recognition is one of Mm -hmm. the biggest decisions that you make. And in terms of obviously accuracy, are you properly diagnosing did you properly decide what the coverage is you think it's cover two it's actually cover four or worse in that particular case like is it actually cover three or cover one because then you're really probably screwed something up um but and how quickly do you do that because you talk about these things like route stems and that is so important the best route runners they make their first couple steps you know like every family of routes all your short routes are the same all your medium routes are the same all your long routes look the same till the moment that they're not And if you can understand and maybe even manipulate that a little bit where it's not the exact same, you make it look like you're trying to cheat one thing so that you can open up another. Those Mm -hmm. kinds of things matter where a half step, a step is a big deal in the NFL. And so for Jahan to have that understanding at the college level, if he can continue to do that and and read what will be more complex coverages by better players who also might be trying to set him up in the NFL, that obviously would be successful. I would also be remiss if I didn't say this. Steve Smith was my favorite player growing up. Like, I grew up in the Carolinas um, watching him. I definitely had an 89 jersey or two throughout my time growing up. And I have never seen a dude at that size fight like he did for jump balls and things like that. Like, even though, you know, you could throw the ball to Steve Smith like he was Randy Moss. And not that you're going to be able to necessarily do that with Jahan Dotson. If if they did, like, if you can, then they just drafted a Hall of Famer. Like, let's be very clear about that. Um, but the idea of, okay, yeah, he's 5'11", but you trust him to compete in those situations. Right. Like, that's a game changer, especially wide receiver two, where you're yeah. not going to deal with the best corner, the guy necessarily with the best ball skills, all that kind of stuff, who's going to obviously be probably, if they're a man team, spending his time over on Terry McLaurin. Yeah, and, you know, he could be a two or a three. I think also another thing that sticks out about his tape is his ability to run routes from the slot. Like, Mm. Penn State did a really nice job of kind of moving them all over the formation. And, you know, as much as people want to say that can be learned, it's nice that the guy has that kind of in the queue already and an ability to kind of say, oh, I I know how to run routes from the slot. Like, he has a beautiful, like, uh, basically slant and go against Maryland where, again, like, you see, like, he's in a different alignment. He's getting kind of a unique coverage, uh, like this off-man coverage. He runs a slant, and most guys, like, they kind of, you talked about decisions, they get a little antsy, they get a little nervous, they cut the route a little short, they break back too early, and he's just the patience he has to kind of take that extra revolution, really get the DB to open his hips and run to the run to the slant, I think is really cool. And then you mentioned the contested catch, and just like to reinforce that, like, again, his hands, his body control, those are the things that allow him to do that. And again, that's what kind of harkens you back or reminds you of a guy like Steve Smith. And, you know, we mentioned comparisons earlier, like he... To be clear, he's not Steve Smith. Mm-hmm. He's not going to be that player because Steve Smith, like you mentioned, is maybe one of the best receivers of his generation, which is exactly what you want, right? But I think it's also important to note that um, that Ron is trying to categorize this skill set, right? He's trying to categorize this smaller guy competing for a football. And I think you get that. It shows up on the tape. You know, Ron in our interview mentioned that. And I think all that stuff's important. But it's important for fans to understand that it's not – like A to B, right? It's like last year when uh, Coach was comparing uh, Jamin Davis to Luke Keekley. Like, it's definitely not A to B, but some of the athletic traits sure. Luke Keekley has, Jamin has, right? Are they the same player? 
No, but that's why in evaluation, like I've, I've been in, uh, you know, like not draft rooms, but I've seen draft and scattering reports, and there's a, a bar in there that mandates a comparison that kind of says, like, to give to give this player some type of context. So I think that's also important to note here. I always kind of laugh at those two. I actually was talking about this on the radio last week on one of my shows of, like, why do we always do it as the best guy? It's like, oh, he's a six six two guard. All right, well, he's Michael Jordan. It's like, no, don't, <laughs> don't do that. Like, a receiver, it's always got to be, like, you're either Steve Smith or Randy yeah. Moss or Michael Irvin. Yeah. It's like, why can't he be Kenny Galladay? Like, yeah. he's a good player. Like, you know, I, and there's there's plenty of guys that, like, if, if you're giving a guy a fifth-round pick and your body type comparison is Randy Moss, I think you should have to watch more football. <laughs> well, also, I think that's a great point. I think people kind of, they, they gravitate to the player that they've seen the most. Right. You know what I mean? They gravitate towards, oh, that is like Steve Smith because of this. And I remember watching Steve Smith highlights and Steve Smith did the same thing, right? Like, it's not like, I mean, that's just kind of what you default to. Like I've had conversations with one of my coaching buddies around the league and they're like, man, I'm like, what's a good comp for this guy? And I'm like, well, and he says, he kind of reminds me of, um, you know, Darren Waller. I'm like, he's not Darren Waller. He's like, I know it's not Darren Waller, but they're just looking for some way to ground the player. And oftentimes the comp that you come up with speaks to kind of how highly, highly you think of the player's ceiling. Right. Mm. So like in that one, he's like, I want to, my, my buddy's trying to make an argument that this guy's got this tremendous upside, right? He's like, Oh, so much upside. And I'm like, there's better ways to do that than comping him to Darren Waller. But that's the point, right? And I think when you look at Jahan, you see a, a guy who's pro-ready, got all this kind of rot-running nuance, hands, body control, a physical toughness to his game. Again, like he played special teams in college, really like return kicks, you know, catches balls over the middle, all those kind of things. He finishes runs for a guy who's kind of small, which is always fun too. But again, like the, that skill set, you're like, oh, you know, and Ron, who's been around Steve Smith a ton, is probably like, oh, that's Steve Smith, like just like that, boom. <sighs> I, the funny thing about Ron and Steve Smith, like, let's not be revisionist history. When Steve Smith left Carolina, he was not a fan of Ron Rivera. I think they've made That's up true. since, but, like, that yeah. was a bad, bad ending for Steve Smith in Carolina. They, he was pissed um, that yeah. they let him go. Um, how many uh, white tight ends have you been compared to when you were a player? Like, what was, your, what was the other guy that you got compared to all the time? So it just depends. Again, it goes back to like what the coach is trying to prove. Like I remember I had a coach that, oh, you could be the next Jason Witten. I'm like, oh, awesome. You know, yeah. like a little bit slower, white dude, 82, <laughs> the comps there, right? And then if they're in a bad mood, they're like, oh, like Mike Mulligan from, you know, New York. And you're like, oh, that's not a very good comp because he's like a <laughs> special teams. I like Mike. He's a good football player. So no offense to Mike, but. You'd you know, rather be Jason like, Witten than Mike Mulligan. Yeah, hell yeah. Everyone would like to be Jason Witten, you know, or like, um, Gosh, what was the guy's name? Doyle up in uh, yeah, in, in Indianapolis. Those those are good comps. I like that guy's starter. Old Jack Doyle. Yeah, right. Those are good. And but there's always a way to kind of twist it in a bad way, you know. So yeah, definitely. Um, last thing, real quick on Dotson. Do you think yep. he winds up being in the kick returner or involved in the special team side at all? Because it, it, like it's kind of funny to me. The last like big time receiver they draft is Terry, who they drafted in part to play special right. teams because they, they it was a third rounder, and then he was so freaking good at receiver that he's never played a snap of special teams in his life uh, at the NFL level, despite being incredible at it at Ohio State. Um, what about Dotson? Like, I don't think he's probably going to be covering kicks, but like, do you think he winds up being in the mix to return them? Yeah, it's interesting. I had a little chat with the special teams coach here in Washington the other day, and like I said, oh, you got to be really excited about Butler. And he's like, yeah, we'll see if I can get him right. And what he means by that is like yeah. the idea that they brought him in to be the third safety, and in this defense, the third safety's got to play a lot. And if he's playing a lot on defense, he's not going to play on teams, right? So if Jahan's kind of in this this middle ether, right, of um, 
of, you know, he's kind of the third, maybe fourth guy, situations, package guy, then, yeah, I could see him being the kick returner because you want to get him on the field. He's got an explosive skill set, right? I don't think that's who he is. I think they're going to get him involved early and often in the season. I think he's going to be a big part of this offense. And when I mean a big part, I don't think he's going to have like 100 catches, but he's definitely going to probably aggregate between 45 and 65 balls over the course of the season and have a very solid rookie year and have good production on third down. So I think that's it. And if he's playing that much on offense, I don't think you want to risk him on teams. And he's not, he's not like, he's obviously dynamic, but he's not so dynamic that it's a Tyree Kills or Deshaun Jackson situation where like, you need a huge play. You put him back there and see what happens. He's not that kind of weapon, even if he's good. He does have, I think that's a fair, yeah, I think that's fair. I think he does have, he does have some big playability. He's got like a smooth stride to him and he does kind of, and, and that's that kind of reminds you of Deshaun in some kind of distant way, right? Deshaun was so smooth, and he's got a little bit of that to his game. Uh, I think you get him back there because you trust his hands, and he and he is capable of that big play. But he's not he's not Tyreek Hill. He's not Deshaun, like where you throw him back there and say, "Oh, go make a play." You yeah, we a need a touchdown. Two. Let's throw him back there and see what happens. Like, you're not, I don't think he's on that level. Yeah. And you know, I haven't watched all his special team stuff to be fair to him. But in the stuff I have seen, he he's explosive. Don't get me wrong, but mm-hmm. he's not. That's a different caliber of explosive. Yeah, there's there's opinion. no shame in not being Deshaun Jackson or Tyreek. Right. Yeah, I mean Tyreek Hill's stupid fast. <laughs> so anyway. Yeah. Uh, all right.